Here we are, and there you are. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition. First hour presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. They'll do great work for you. You can call them up at 405-579-3113. Any heat or air need that you have, uh, you know, have a problem with they will address it for you and get the work done at a reasonable cost with professional people last year home for uh home comfort systems 405-579-3113 all right remember recently jackson arnold the sooners five-star quarterback recruits from denton guyer said you know what he is still doing all he can to help recruit for oklahoma tons of responsibility almost every single day i'm texting either the same recruiter or a new recruit just kind of helping them you know kind of helping ou out business new coaching staff they might need some help recruiting because kids maybe don't understand where they're from or where they come from or how good they actually are. So I'm out there helping almost every single day, even yesterday and this morning. I'm I'm up texting recruits, still like telling you, know, oh, he's the place to be, man. We want you to be part of this special class. There you go. Jackson Arnold, he has that big game tonight. Denton Geyer hosting Allen. It'll be Jackson Arnold against Michael Hawkins, who could be, you know, a sooner recruit that uh, a lot of people think is going to wind up as the quarterback for Oklahoma in the 2024 class. More on that here in a little bit. But Parker Thune, We've talked about Colton Vosick, and uh, Sooner fans are very nervous about that commitment holding up. This could come down to a Jackson-Arnold versus Arch Manning matchup in recruiting. Well, how about that? You could see the first face-off between these two long before they ever actually hit the field at the collegiate level because, yes, Jackson-Arnold in general – as it pertains to Oklahoma's 2023 recruiting class, he's kind of been the glue that's held everything together. He's the guy that's reaching out to everybody. He's the guy that's coordinating, if you will. And it's been the same thing with Arch Manning in Texas. And Arch Manning and Colton Vosick have gotten very close. On the Oklahoma side, uh, Samuel Masigo, another one of those guys that Colton Vosick has really, really bonded with. So, yes, it is a pivotal stretch here for Oklahoma in terms of solidifying those interpersonal relationships and reemphasizing to Colton Vosick that, hey, what happened at the Cotton Bowl earlier this month was a blip and not a trend, and we're going to be in position to go and dominate the landscape of the Big 12 that we make when we make the transition to the SEC. We want you to be part of the first crew uh, that helps us make that transition into the premier college football conference in the country, and we want to be to a point where – when we are playing SEC football, we can compete at the highest level. We believe we can do that. We have the staff. Uh, we have the resources. We have the people to make that happen, but we need you. And on the Texas side for Vosick, here, see, here's the thing about this recruitment, Steely. You understand why the kid seems to be a little bit torn right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, he keeps he keeps visiting Texas. He's right down the road from the 40 Acres. And here's what you have to understand about Vosick. Yes, he grew up a Texas fan, but he also grew up with quite an admiration for Brent Venables. And so on the one hand, it's not going to be easy for Colton Vosick to go suit up for the Oklahoma Sooners, having rooted for Texas his entire life. But it's also not going to be easy for him to pick up the phone after committing to Brent Venables back in early August and say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not on board anymore. 
You just painted the picture of what this battle's all about. It looks like on Colton Vosick. If you're not sure who Colton Vosick is, he is the four-star edge rusher from Austin Westlake. Uh, Longhorn legacy. Dad played there. Again, a lot of pressure for him to stay uh, in Austin and play for the University of Texas. And again, Texas just beat Oklahoma again, 49 to nothing in the Cotton Bowl. So you know he's hearing a lot about that. You know that Arch Manning's taking pictures with him and trying to recruit him. You know that Jackson Arnold's doing the same thing for Oklahoma. But it really is. It's a belief in Brent and his defense versus the pressure of staying in Austin and, you know, adding to the Longhorn legacy that the family already has. But you're right. That would be a tough phone call to make, no doubt about it. And there are a lot of people, Parker, who believe that if Brent Venables was still at Clemson, then Colton Vosick would be committed to Clemson right now. So that's how strong that bond is. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, day number eight in a row, a sports talk radio network talking about this kid's decommitment. It doesn't help matters talking about it every day. I know that. I guess we're supposed to just stray away from the relevant storylines. We get a lot of program directors out there, a lot of them. But, uh, look, this is a storyline because of Jackson Arnold. And, again, he said right off the bat, once he committed to Oklahoma, that, man, I'm going to do everything I can to help this class. Quarterbacks are very important to your class. And uh, a lot of people feel like, you know, if Jackson Arnold isn't the best high school quarterback in the country, he's certainly up there in the top three or four. He's a five-star kid. He was the MVP at the Elite 11 camp. Arch Manning is good. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But how good, we don't know because of the kind of competition he's faced there in Louisiana. But we know the Manning name carries a lot. That's a that's quite the pedigree right there, even though he's Cooper's son. But, you know, the Manning name carries a lot of weight and uh, a lot of prestige with it. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. And, again, I think this is the story right now uh, for Oklahoma in recruiting, other than the fact that the Sooners haven't had a commitment in a long time. Do we know anything about the Caleb Spencer situation, yeah, the word that he was going to visit Miami? Did we hear anything? I, I still have – like I, I can't say for certain that that isn't going to happen, but – I have nothing like I haven't heard anything credible to indicate that that would be the case. Yeah. So and Caleb Spencer is the uh, linebacker uh, out of Colonial Heights, Virginia, three-star kid. But the uh, Oklahoma coaches love him and think he's got a chance to be a really good player for him. Obviously, but sure, they really like his potential as to one of those players that may not be even a four-star, but they think he could turn into an excellent college player. Yeah, and you know what. If you lose a commitment at a certain point in time, if there's a position you can afford to lose a commitment at, it's linebacker. Because, you know what? What you can either do is you can flip Cade McIntyre's offer, tell him, hey, uh, we're going to have you play defense instead. You're going to be the fourth linebacker in this class. Or you can just hit the ground running, and Lord knows, Steely, there's never going to be a shortage of prep linebackers that want to come learn under Brent Venables. By the way, the uh, Jackson Arnold clip there talking about helping the Sooners in recruiting when injuries occur on Friday night. You want to be thinking about Ortho Central. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central's Saturday Injury Clinic is open every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. throughout the entire month of October. Free evaluations for high school athletes and their sports injuries. Ortho Central turning setbacks into comebacks. So, yeah, it just seems uh, it seems like forever. I, I mean, you're down to how many, and a lot depends on what happens because if, if somebody does eventually decommit, the Sooners will have to look at some other 
uh, potential prospects, you know, to fill out this class. But how many actual real prospects that Oklahoma is wanting to get a commitment from are out there right now? We know that Cade McDonald is one. We know that obviously you have to see Leacana out there as one. We know that they're hoping that Peyton Bowen is going to be one. Who else do you think is really out there for Oklahoma that, uh, you know, could be possibly, who knows, the next commitment for the Sooners? There is and has been some buzz that Oklahoma is going to get Samson Okunlola in town for an official visit. That's the mammoth that lineman is, from yes. uh, New Jersey? Five-star five offensive lineman from Massachusetts, actually. He's from Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they've already got the kid from Princeton, New Jersey, right? That is correct. Logan Howland. Um, I, 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 I struggle to buy Oklahoma as a legit contender for Samson Okunlola just because I think he has his priorities set elsewhere, if you get what I'm getting at there. Um, the DJ Hicks thing is not dead in the water. There's there's a chance he ends up back in Norman by the end of the season for a visit it, I, is what I'm trying to indicate there. And I there's a very small chance his recruitment ends up turning the other direction and Oklahoma is able to flip him again. It's, we talked about this yesterday. It's not something I'm counting on. It's not something I would count on uh, if I'm in the Oklahoma contingent. But something to be mindful of is that Oklahoma still is in contact with DJ Hicks. And then the other spot you got to look at is that other safety position now that Ryan Yates has reaffirmed his commitment to LSU. So is it going to be somebody like Khalil Barnes out of the state of Georgia? Is it going to be somebody like Brandon Hillman, a high three-star kid out of Virginia? The other guy they offered is another Georgia kid and Tyler Scott. Maybe you look at somebody a little bit closer to home like a Rohan Fluellen or a Morgan Pearson from down in Ardmore. There's a variety of different directions Oklahoma can go with that final spot in the back end of the season. Anybody in Tulsa still maybe in the mix? Not at safety. Not at safety. Wouldn't that be great? But, nope, not at safety. Just tell the kid, you know what? You're going to play wide receiver and then switch him to safety. That's (laughs) how you do it, Pull a Gabriel Brownlow, (laughs) Dindy. That's right. That's exactly right. And we're talking about Micah Tease there, obviously, from uh, from Tulsa. All right. Uh, once again, you guys can hit us up, 405-605-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. On the Air Coverage Solutions text line, the Sooners announced a three-game series with San Diego, San Diego State. Howard called them at, uh, you know, we're already for San Diego, San Diego. San Diego State and Oklahoma will play in 2027 in Norman, 2031 in Norman, and in San Diego in 2029, announced today. So three game, three games with San Diego State. That'll be a fun game to cover if I'm still around by then. What do you mean if you're still around by then? Steely, that's a long time in the future. Uh, you are going to be – you'll be a media – you know, you're a budding star now. You'll be a, you'll be a media sensation by then here. In 2029? You're not tr- – you're, are you – 
thinking about the portal or something already? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm by no means thinking about the portal All right, right now, Steve. I'm just saying are you seven years in the future shoe? is a long time. Are you going to pull a mule shoe on us and say, I've not accepted a job somewhere, that's all BS, and then leave for another place? Listen, if there's one person that I will never emanate, at least not willingly, it's mule shoe. There so you, you don't have to worry about that. Wise move. All right, uh, more Sooner football when we get back. Again, 405-651. 3439. That is the air. Comfort Solutions text line always available to you. You guys do a great job each and every day. Keep those texts rolling in. We'll hear from Bob Stoops about the resurgent Sooner offense when we get back in the bye week. And we've got a lot of stuff to cover today with mainly Oklahoma football. All right. Stay with us. Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Should we hold our phones up right now for Freebird going into the break? <laughs> we'll be right back. I think the Sooners definitely uh, needed this bye week, but I don't know. I don't feel good about the bye week. It just feels really different. We don't have quite as much audio to throw out there this week. But Oklahoma will be back in action October 29th, a week from this Saturday, against Iowa State in Ames. 11 a.m. on FS1. Iowa State really good defensively. Not very good offensively, but Parker, the Sooner offense – Definitely got back in gear with Dylan Gabriel wearing uh, his Sooner gear again and starting for Oklahoma. Number eight was really good. Over 700 yards of total offense for Oklahoma in the win over Kansas last week. Bob Stoops on uh, every Tuesday on the rush said uh, with uh, Tyler and Teddy, he was happy to see good offense back on the field for the Sooners. Well, of course it was awesome. Um, you know, I you know you, you have to give Dylan Gabriel a ton of credit and fact that there's a big difference when you're starting quarterbacks in and when he isn't. And again, I, I think, too, as time goes, I, I hope and believe we'll continue to progress and get better. Coach Levy with the team and what we can do, what we can't do. And and I, I still believe, I can't, you know, Kansas played us within 10 points. They're a good football team. And, and we still were able to have that kind of offensive production. So, it's a real positive. Um, I love the fact that the balance was there, and I really believe that's always been when we've been at our best over the last however many years, uh, when you can run and throw, and you're successful running the ball. It leads to so many other opportunities. So hopefully we could keep building on it. All right, uh, so Parker, it was encouraging to see. Again, as the Sooners put 52 on the board, over 700 yards, uh, 701 to be precise, and the win over KU. Um, are there three stars on this OU offense now? Marvin Mims, Braden Willis, Eric Gray. What do you think? 
Well, I mean, I'm not saying like first team All Americans, well, sure. but those guys have been tremendous. I mean, we're counting Dylan Gabriel among the stars, right? Or is there too much of a stigma attached to Dylan Gabriel's name? I right would now? say that Dylan has been good, but I would say when you look, Braden Willis has been the best player on the team, in my opinion. I, I would tend and to agree. Marvin Mims, we know he's a star, and uh, I think they tried to target him a few times last week and get the ball in his hands, and obviously he was frustrated in the Texas game because of the. Uh, the quarterback play wasn't able to make that happen in the Cotton Bowl. But what about Eric Gray emerging as a star? Man, he's had a great year. He, he was a decent back last year for Oklahoma. He's turned into a very good back for OU this year. Yeah, he's been the bell cow for Oklahoma. And really the guy they needed. Because there was some uncertainty heading into the year. You weren't really concerned about the depth at running back for Oklahoma. But – you couldn't help but wonder, is there legit star power in that backfield? Because you weren't really sure what you were going to get out of Eric Ray, even though uh, he had himself a nice little career at Tennessee before he hit the transfer portal and came to Oklahoma, but he was the clear second fiddle to Kennedy Brooks a year ago. And so, naturally, it had a lot of folks wondering, is this the guy that can be the clear RB1, or is Marcus Major going to eat into his carries? Is Javante Barnes going to eat into his carries? Uh, is somebody like Tawi Walker or Gavin Sawchuk going to end up getting a little slice of the action too? But Eric Gray has seized every opportunity, and no pun intended, he's run with it. Uh, when you look at this backfield, there is talent top to bottom, no doubt, and Javante Barnes has done some really nice things, but I don't think there's – any longer a question as to who the top running back in Oklahoma's backfield is. It's Eric Gray, and it's Eric Gray by a long shot. Yeah, he's been tremendous. And the two things that I see, you know, with my novice uh, eyesighted mind uh, that are different about Eric Gray this year, he's a little bit stronger. He is definitely a little bit stronger, and that comes with working with, uh, with Jerry Schmidt, obviously. But last year you kind of got the feeling that so many times when Eric Gray was in the open field, he couldn't make that one guy miss. And this year – He's making that happen a lot, whether it's a spin move or running through somebody or uh, juking somebody. He's been able to make that one guy miss, and so many times that's what separates a a good running back from a great running back or a really good running back. And I know that DeMarco Murray challenged those guys to get that done, and Eric Gray has been uh, much better in that department this year for Oklahoma. All right, as for the bye week, man, normally you don't get a bye week this late in the season, but that's the situation the Sooners are in this year. Here's what Bob told Tyler and Teddy on the rush about this late bye week and uh, the situation for Oklahoma. You can't dictate when you're going to have the off week. You have it. You take advantage of it. Uh, Brent has even hinted at, you know, he felt the guys, you know, in the last whatever, how many weeks have been a little bit tired or wore out. I forget how he worded it. But in the end, you have to take advantage of it um, to improve on some things, but also to rest, heal up, and, you know, kind of – Take a couple of deep breaths, and now you're you're set to go for the stretch run. So I, I think they're always good when you get them. Um, and uh, so I, anyway, I, I you know I'm sure they'll take advantage of it, and and I'm sure it'll be beneficial to them. Iowa State also has a bye week this week, but uh, the good news for Oklahoma, they play better. The defense, uh, you know, still wasn't anywhere near what Brent wants it to be, but they they were better. You saw some guys out there making plays. 
Uh, the linebackers played, I think, better. You, you saw a guy like Robert Spears Jennings out there doing good things for Oklahoma, and I think he got uh, 10 or 12 snaps, something like that, for the Sooners in the one over KU. So that's good. But they also avoided a potential disaster, which would have been going into the bye week with another loss and dipping below 500. Uh, so that is a really good situation for Oklahoma to have some momentum again going into the Iowa State game. All right, let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Jim in Arlington says, on the San Diego scheduling news, maybe, just maybe, we'll be in the SEC by then. We'll see. Yeah, I think they'll be there. So those games are 27, 29, and 31 for those just joining. 2027 at home, 2029 in San Diego. And 2031 at home once again. Where does San Diego State play these days? Because they used to play at Qualcomm Stadium. Uh, that's a good question. And then, obviously, things got shuffled. I I don't know if that stadium is even. That's still what I was standing. wondering. Is it there? Did they yeah. you know implode it or what? Yeah, I'd, I don't know. I don't know. But I've never actually been to San Diego. So if I'm still around by then, 72 degrees year round. That's that what trip. you always hear about San Diego. Let me. I want to check right now and see if it's 72 in San Diego. Go ahead, and I'll check. Okay. Back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here. Will DJ Hicks still take his OV in November to OU? I know Texas A&M has a lot of crazy stuff going on right now. Uh, here's what I will say. I am not going to rule that out. Yes, I would say there is a chance DJ Hicks ends up taking his official visit to OU in November. And much like the entire line of discourse with DJ Hicks over the last week or so, I, I, I want to be very, very clear. Would I count on it? No. But is it a possibility? Yes. That's where things stand right now with OU and DJ Hicks. By the way, 80 degrees right now in San Diego, so that's a lie. Okay. 80 well. degrees warmer. I mean, hey, if if it's 80 degrees year-round, I can live with that. I'd take 80, yeah. I don't even want to get back in the – we're getting back in the 80s today here, right, in in Norman today in Oklahoma. It's going to be a high of uh, 77. All right, uh, I'll take 77. Yeah. By the way, it's – I was up in Kansas City this morning. Of course, I got on the road at about 6 a.m. to drive down uh, to be back in Norman in time for the show, and it was, I think, 28 degrees when I left. Really? It's a lot colder wow. up north there, Steely. That's I mean, I knew it would probably be getting a little bit chilly there, but that's that's ridiculous. All uh, right. Uh, text line confirming that Qualcomm Stadium is no more. Okay. Uh San Diego is beautiful. Last time OU was there though, fifty one to thirty one loss. Says John Blake era, yeah. Back what, in the day. Really? Did they play? I, of course, that was that was before my wait, time. Wait, 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 wait. Did they play uh I think Howard played them once and I think Blake played them in that loss. I'm not mistaken. Okay. Because Howard, they got a dub against Rainerio. Big Bad Wolf says seven years is sadly not a long time. Time is on full throttle. I guess in the grand scheme of things, seven years isn't really all that long. It feels like forever, though. Like 2029, 2029 feels a lot further in the future than seven years. Doesn't it? Yeah, like when you phrase bit. it when you phrase it like that, when you say, "Yeah, seven years until OU goes to San Diego," you're like, "Okay, it doesn't feel that long, it doesn't feel like that's that far off." But when you say it's happening in 2029, I don't know what it is about attaching the specific year to it, but that just makes it feel like it is forever in the future. 
Yep, no doubt. No doubt about it. I agree. All right, uh, but yes, if you're wondering why, why are these guys talking so much about San Diego, the uh, OU announced today they have three games they've added to the schedule, future schedules with San Diego State, 2027 and 2031 in Norman and uh, 2029 in San Diego. By the way, plenty of fans pointing out on the Air Comfort Solutions text line that, that actually the last time Oklahoma played in San Diego was the 2005 Holiday Bowl. Yes, the Red Bomar-Clint Ingram game. Ah, Clint Ingram, that's a blast from the past. Somebody said Marshall Falk is all you need to know about OU versus San Diego State games. Marshall Falk was, uh, yeah, pretty good, no doubt. Pro Football Hall of Fame guy. Wasn't he the runner? He he was the Heisman runner-up, wasn't he? Um, He was there in New York. I can't remember if he was runner-up or not. I'd have to go ahead and Google it up. Yes, you're right. I'm just I just looked at it. Runner up. Guess who he was runner up to? Oh, what year would this have been? 1992. 1992. Maybe the, the worst. Yeah, Heisman. Gino Toretta. G- Gino Toretta. Boom. That is crazy, right? I mean, when you think about, uh, I don't know, Gino Toretta might be the guy that everybody looks at. Who is the worst Heisman winner of all time? And uh, yeah, but Marshall Falk was pretty good. Troy Smith. Um, yeah, he would be in the conversation. I mean, um, who else? Yeah, this pretty much starts and stops there. Like, Yeah, I mean, you can't – and people can go back and, and uh, judge what you do in your NFL career and say, well, that guy was the worst. Uh, so, like, they might fair. say that with Baker or whoever, but Baker was a tremendous I'm college sure player and, and a really good leader on that team. I'm sure there are a lot of folks, not folks in Oklahoma, but folks elsewhere that would say, well, it's Jason White. He didn't even make the NFL. Well, yeah, Jason White. And, again, Jason was tremendous. And, uh, you know, he's such a winner. I mean, for him to come back from the two knee surgeries and play at the level he did, and his knees were just shot, bottom line. But, you know, a lot of people don't know that about Jason's situation. But he, he was a great, tremendous uh, had a great year. He threw for 50 TDs, right? Jason did in that season. Did he really? I think he did. If I would have to go back, I know and look Bradford at threw for 50. I think Bradford did. I don't know Bradford, if anybody else. You has know done if it. White did? No, he was close. Maybe I think Bradford is the only OU quarterback to throw for 50 touchdowns. There have been several guys that have accounted for 50 okay. touchdowns. Jalen Hurts most recently, but I'm pretty sure Bradford is the only guy to throw 50 touchdowns. Who would have thought that Jalen Hurts would end up being the best Sooner? Of course, we're talking about this year. If you're ranking them how they've done so far, it's Kyler one. Uh, is it? Yeah, and even though Kyler struggled this year. By the way, they play tonight. We'll, hear, we'll play some sound from Kyler Murray next hour. They get DeAndre Hopkins back tonight. But, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals play New Orleans tonight, Thursday night football, 7-15 on uh, Prime Video. So, But wouldn't you say – Career-wise, Kyler one, Baker two, Hurts three. I, I, I or now would you go what Kyler one, Hurts two, Baker three? I think, or are you ready to put Hurts at one? I, I Hurts is making a very strong case. I for mean, there's one. there's no doubt this year. I mean, he's he he's among the MVP. He might be. I haven't seen the latest odds. He might be the MVP favorite right now. Philadelphia's the only unbeaten team, and he's played really well. And again, how wild is that? Because if you'd taken those three OU quarterbacks and said, yeah, this guy is going to be a surefire MVP candidate by his fourth year in the league, or I guess it's Hertz's third year in the league. Yeah. You would have guessed Baker and Kyler long before you would ever thought that would happen with Jalen Hurts. I think I'd probably go if I had to rank him on careers right now. Kyler, slight edge on Jalen. Very slight now. Jalen two, Baker three. 
I mean, Baker, Baker might be done as a starter in the NFL. We don't know. All right, let's break right here. 405-651-3439, the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Steelman and Thune at noon. Baker is the only one to have won a playoff game. That is correct. So he's got that going for him, which is nice. And he did it in Cleveland, which is really tough to do. So, But, you know, the recent last year plus for Baker has set him back, obviously, quite a bit. All right, break time. More texts on the way next here on The Ref. It is a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Headed back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in a few minutes. Riverwind Casino, we've got a huge event happening on a Friday night, November 18th. It is Bedlam Beats and Bites Outdoors Under the Stars. You can see a great concert featuring the Eli Young Band and the opening act, Wade Bowen Outdoors, with all those incredible food trucks. Bring the kids, bring your folding chairs, bring your appetite, bring your ears for some great music. Friday night, November 18th, Bedlam Beats and Bites, presented by Riverwind and Phillips 66. Tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office and at riverwind.com. $5 again, you can get your uh, C. Uh, again, you will carry your own seat. It's basically just a uh, situation where you pay five bucks to get in, bring a folding chair. You obviously uh, can walk around and do whatever, but it's going to be a great night outdoors. They've got incredible food trucks out there. Anything you desire, you can find out there food wise. They've got, uh, you know, arts and crafts, games for the kids, uh, all of that stuff. Battle and Beats and Bites. First time outdoors, you know, we've usually had all of those in the summer. Some great bands, Cheap Trick, Night Ranger, Starship, Everclear, uh, some good shows out there. But this one hits different the night before Bedlam. Friday night, November 18th, Bedlam Beats and Bites, outdoors at Riverwind Casino. Tickets, again, 5 bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Riverwind Hotel and Casino, simply the best. All right. Uh, you're headed down to Denton, Texas tonight. Geyer hosting Allen, the battle between Jackson Arnold, the Sooners quarterback in the 2023 class, and potentially the Sooners quarterback in the 2024 class. Most people would say probably right now if, if Michael Hawkins ended up somewhere, it would be OU. Compare and contrast these two quarterbacks' styles, what they're all about. Well, they're very different. Very different players, but they both run a system that's similar to that of Jeff Levy's. Uh, RPO focused, uh, but also somewhat multiple and puts a lot of onus on the quarterback uh, to be able to diagnose mismatches at the line of scrimmage and take advantage and also be able uh, to get outside the pocket and create with their legs when the situation calls for it, whether that be in the RPO uh, or on designated runs or just as a scrambler. And so 
Arnold and Hawkins are both tailor-made for Jeff Levy's offense at Oklahoma. But with Arnold, you get more of a guy who's got – and people make the Baker-Mayfield comparison. It's not a perfect comparison, but you see a little bit of Baker-Mayfield. You see more than a little bit of Baker-Mayfield in the way that Jackson Arnold plays the game because he's not huge. He's only about six foot one, 205. He's, he's my size, Steely. You're looking at me right now. I'm I'm virtually the exact same size as Jackson Arnold. But he's got that gunslinger mentality. He's got a huge arm. And so he plays, you know, you more often say this about a like a receiver than you do about a quarterback, but he's a guy that plays a whole lot bigger than his listed size. And it was very much the same with Baker at Oklahoma, right? He he played a lot bigger than his size. And so uh Arnold is a dual threat guy, but not a burner, not somebody that's just going to get in the open field and outrun everybody. That's where Michael Hawkins can hurt you. You get him in the open field. He's one of the fastest players, if not the absolute fastest player on the field. And he can beat you like that. Uh, Arnold's a lot more refined of a thrower right now. Hawkins has a real good arm and he can place it. uh, But the consistency in terms of the mechanics, release point, all of that, that's where Arnold has the advantage over Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins is a little bit more of a project in the sense that he's more raw. Jackson Arnold is a guy that, and I I don't want to put this expectation on his shoulders because I don't think it's fair, but if Oklahoma needed him to come in next year and play, he's the type of guy that could come in and play. That's where he's at right now. Yeah, and again, Jackson Arnold was the uh, MVP of the Elite 11 camp, so, uh, you know, and he's been taken off ever since. So, uh, let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, get as many as we can before we uh, have to hit our next break, 405-651-3439. What do you make of all the Twitter chatter on David Hicks in the past 24 hours, asks one listener. I mean, it, has there been a ton of Twitter chatter? I know there's been some Twitter chatter. I mean, there always is when you're talking about DJ Hicks. But, again, I think it has more to do with the fact that, uh, more to do than anything else with the fact that communication isn't dead between Hicks and Oklahoma. Communication is still very much alive, and Todd Bates and Brent Venables are continuing uh, to push David Hicks. They're going to continue to recruit him to Oklahoma, and maybe it all amounts to nothing in the end. But maybe come a month or two down the road, as we get closer to National Signing Day, maybe Oklahoma's given DJ Hicks another thing or two to think about. Yeah, could be. All right, uh, from the 404 Parker, the longer you live, the quicker it goes by, asked Steely. Uh, that is correct, yes. I like this. Uh, does Eric Gray have a COVID year? He does. He can come back next year if he wants to. Right now the expectation is that he's going to be off to the NFL after this season. That is the that is a very clear expectation right now based on the folks that I've talked to, is that he's not going to be back in 2023. Boy, it would be nice to have him back. There's no doubt. Yeah, wouldn't it? What else do we have? Do you think Caden Gibbs or you think Caden Helms and Jaden Gibson redshirt since they only have two catches combined seven games in? Uh, Gibson can't redshirt at this point, I don't think. I think he has already played in too many games to be able to redshirt. And the same may be true for Helms, honestly. Um, I know – my memory isn't as clear with Gibson, but obviously – Helms being a guy I've known for quite some time whenever he's on the field I take note of it and so I know for a fact that he played in each of the first three games 
And I know for a fact, well, actually, that's not true. He didn't play in the season opener. He played the next two games, and he did play on special teams this past week. I'm trying to recall if he got in against Texas at all. Either way, I think we're pretty much at the point where if you wanted to redshirt Helms, you wouldn't be able to play him at all the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. And I think Gibson has already exceeded the participation limit. I think he's already appeared in five games. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll come back to the Air Cover Solutions text line. That's on me. I'll let the uh, second segment go over a little bit. Uh, we need to break by, like, uh, you know, bottom of the hour, 1230, and I let it go to 1233. So, uh, like Les Miles, game management wasn't there for me. Clock management, not good. But we are coming back, 405-651-3439 of the Air Cover Solutions text line. Uh, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, it is a Thursday edition. We've got... Again, some NFL football tonight. Kyler and the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins back in the lineup for Arizona, hosting the Saints tonight, 7-15 on Prime Video. We shall return. All right, we are back. Last night, Thunder started the season. They lost to Minnesota by 7-115-108. Competitive, uh, but again, they got off to a bad start. Bad finish, SGA 32 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 14 for Josh Giddy with 11 rebounds. So he gets the double-double, 12 for Trey Mann off the bench, although he didn't shoot it that well. 11 for Poku, who started the game, but uh, down the stretch, maybe we're seeing the victor factor factor in because there were a lot of shots you know at crunch time that were taken by Poku and Eugene Omarui rather than who Eugene Omarui who he is Omarui Eugene Omarui now listen uh, pretty flawless execution by the thunder all things considered that's i mean that's competitive tanking right there yeah i mean Usually if you're, if you're you looking want to get for the ball in your best players' hands down the stretch, right? And it didn't quite uh, work out that yeah, way. I mean, Steely, if you're looking for, as you have termed them, victor yes, this is one. Every loss is a victory. So, I don't know. I'm like, okay, Poku missed like four shots in a row. Omarui's had, uh, you know, he's a kind of a hard-nosed player, but, uh, yeah, for he, he's – what did he shoot last year? Like, I think when he was, um, I think he shot like 38%, not with the Thunder, obviously, but still, um, those aren't the, those aren't the guys normally that would be, you know, taking the big shots. Just saying. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Parker on Jackson Arnold. He's a guy that can come in and play right away. That's where he is right now. 
LOL, you can always count on Parker to fanboy over recruits and have reckless opinions. Listen, I'm pretty sure I added the disclaimer ahead of time that the expectation should not be that Jackson Arnold is going to come in and play right away. Me saying he can come in and play right away does not equal me saying he will come in and play right away. He's a five-star quarterback. He's the number 12 overall player in the nation, according to the 24-7 sports composite. I don't think it's a hot take to sit here and say that if Oklahoma really needed Jackson Arnold to play quarterback next year, he could do it. I don't think that's going to be the... You're not saying he'd be like the All-Big 12 quarterback or anything. You're saying that he is the makeup and the talent uh, aside from... In comparison with a lot of other freshman quarterbacks who could come in and do it, you know, right yeah, now, I mean, if they had to. It's not saying that he would come in and start. We'll see what's going to happen. Exactly. So, I, it, it's the, the whole fanboy over recruits thing is throwing me for a loop. Like, as I recall, Steely, there were four dudes, four members of Oklahoma's last recruiting class that I really talked up in and on and around. Javante Barnes. Javante Barnes, Robert Spears Jennings, Jaron Canick, R. Mason Thomas. Those mm-hmm. four have all turned out pretty well. I yeah. would say. Our Mason Thomas is, uh, you know, that guy can rush the passer. There's no doubt. Let me tell you right now who the guys are in Oklahoma's 2023 20, class that right now are going to be able to step into the program day one and see rotational action. P.J. Adebare is on that list. Makari Vickers is on that list. Colton Vosick is probably on that list. Beyond that, the Pickens, like I said, Jackson Arnold's a guy that can play day one. If you need him to, I don't think he will. I don't think your best laid plans involve Jackson Arnold playing as a true freshman for his own sake and yours. Right. right? Yeah. And so I look in general, true freshmen that are legit impact contributors in year one are few and far between. There will always be a few that jump out over the course of spring ball and fall camp and cement themselves as rotational pieces. Our Mason Thomas is a perfect example of that phenomenon this past year. And Oklahoma will no doubt have a few of those next year. But I, it's it's not fanboying over recruits to sit here and say Jackson Arnold is a good enough quarterback that if the Sooners needed – like if he were pushed into action next year, if he were pressed into a situation where he needed to take the snaps, he could do it. And he could p- perform pretty adequately. There you go. All right, let's get a couple more in. 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, five stars can all play as freshmen. The elite top ten can star as freshmen, in my opinion. And, yeah, th- like that's generally a pretty good barometer from that 918 listener. Uh, if you're a five star – you should see the field in some capacity in year one unless you play quarterback, in which case obviously there's only one guy per program that's seeing action at that position. And so for somebody like Jackson Arnold who's going to be presumably coming in behind an established starter in Dylan Gabriel, you can't necessarily have that same expectation. But at any other position, yeah, you can expect that five stars are going to contend for playing time right off the bat. Uh, do you think Caden Green could get a decent number of snaps in 2023? Yes. Yes, and I think there's a chance. That the reason I'm not really talking up Caden Green as a day one guy yet is because I want to see th- how things shake out this offseason in terms of the attrition among the offensive line room at Oklahoma. But he's a guy that if a couple things fall his way, depending on how the rest of that room looks for Bill Biedenboe next year, Caden Green's good enough that, yeah, 
he could come in and he could press for snaps right off the bat. What really helps him out and is going to expedite his path to playing time is that he can play all three positions on the offensive line, tackle, guard, center. Another listener asks, will the Sooners portal at linebacker next year? Yes, I think they get at least one transfer linebacker. And somebody else asked, if we can only get one of Vosick or Akana, which one has more upside? Well, they're different players who are going to play different positions. Uh, it's an inexact science trying to compare those two. I'm probably a little bit partial to Vosick just because I think he has high round NFL upside and can be a menace off the edge, the likes of which the Sooners haven't had in a while. There you go. All right. Somebody also said, Steely, please tell Roy Miller to shut the up on Twitter. Former Longhorn uh, defensive tackle's been kind of trolling Oklahoma for a little bit. It's been interesting. All right. We got to get out of here for hour number one. Got another hour to go here on the ref. We're going to keep talking. And uh, I'm going to keep talking until uh, 2 o'clock today. Parker will keep talking up until 3 o'clock today. And then is headed to Denton for the uh, denton Geyer matchup tonight with Allen Jackson-Arnold versus uh, Michael Hawkins. All right. We had uh, somebody on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, text us at the end of last hour. If you're like, what's, what's up with this Roy Miller? Who is he? Former Texas defensive lineman, and he has been on Twitter, and uh, he tweeted directly at Colton Vosick. Uh, this was, uh, I guess, late last night, right? Um, and said, Colton Vosick, directly at uh, Colton Vosick on Twitter. I know it's kind of late, but it really, it, but it's really not. Uh, it, it, it's bad. It's Poorly worded. It actually says, Colton Bossig, I know it's kind of late, but it is real, is not. He might have been a couple beers deep yeah. at that point. Roy Miller said, I decommitted from OU2. Very tough decision as a young man, but trust me, nothing like playing college football close to home. Think of this as a business decision. Get done playing football. Where do you want to move back to? Where do you want to move back to, Norman or Austin? That's what sold me. Good luck. Went to OU on an official and the highlight was a party at a restaurant. Bobby Jack, being Bobby Jack Wright, told me, oh, you would win with or without me. If I kept visiting other places, I began to wonder what would I do in Norman if I wasn't a great football player. Work at Cracker Barrel? No way. And uh, Sooner fans went back. Gerald McCoy, I think, came back to, uh, you know, say some stuff too. So, anyway, um, I don't know, but that's a legitimate point. That that is a legitimate point. Is it? it? 
I mean, I, I, it, like, I, th- I think it is to an extent because I, I don't know. You, you know better. Does the kid want to stay in Austin long term? But no, there, there is a lot of like I'm talking about post college or NFL stuff like that. Okay, um, well, I'm just, I, I, I feel obligated to read a Joe Bettner tweet. Because Joe is now employed at the University of Oklahoma. I saw so that. Can, Congratulations. He can no longer be a guest on our program. I guess he could, just not in a journalistic capacity. Uh, but Joe remains very strong in the Twitter game. And he quoted Roy, he quote tweeted Roy Miller with this. As a university official, I'd like to state on the record that we do not force our students to stay in Norman after graduation. I don't know why that needed to be said, but just wanted to clarify. Yeah, and you look, can live wherever you want. I, and I'm not even talking about post living. Like all of a sudden, you know, Colton Vosick, if he signs with Oklahoma, becomes an All American with OU and goes on to the NFL and represents the OU program. That doesn't mean you know what he's got to live in Norman, Oklahoma. That doesn't happen. I get it, but I just do think there are a lot of pressure on these kids. From and look, Texas hasn't been a great program, but they still have a rich history. They've gotten a, a huge alumni fan base. They get a lot of money. He's, you know, a Longhorn legacy. There's still a lot of pressure on that kid, you know. So we'll see. We'll see. And maybe that relationship he has with Brent Venables uh, and Todd Bates and, uh, you know, the defensive staff at Oklahoma will carry the day. And maybe he will sign uh, with the Sooners. He's still committed. He is still committed. We know that. Brian in Tulsa. Asks on the text line, Parker, how high of a ceiling do you see Arnold having at OU? Safe travels when you drive to Texas today. God bless. Appreciate that, Brian. Uh, here's the th- like my my expectations are high for Jackson Arnold, and the expectations should be high for any five star quarterback, right? There's a reason you get that five star designation, and five star designations generally carry lofty expectations along with them by default, and so. I, I am never going to say well, – I shouldn't say this. I'm almost never going to say that the expectation should be that the kid is a Heisman Trophy finalist at some point. I'm not going to – because that's lofty for anybody. There are, what, three, five players? I guess it depends every year. But a select handful of players at most every year that are Heisman finalists. So you have to be the cream of the cream of the crop to be in New York. I do expect Jackson Arnold to be a multi-year starter at Oklahoma. I expect him to be an all-conference performer. I expect him to be in the conversation as a first-round draft pick when his collegiate career is over. And I think he's definitely going to have a chance if everything breaks his way and everything lines up accordingly to the point where he has two years as a starter. I think he's going to have a chance to jump to the NFL early after three years and make bank at the draft. So – I. If everything goes according to plan for Jackson Arnold and if the rest of the program at that point has been shored up to the point where he's got elite skill position talent to throw the ball to and the Sooners have taken big steps in that direction, adding guys like Jaquay's Petaway and Anthony Evans, uh, as long as the support is there for Arnold, he should be at the forefront of some Oklahoma teams that are conference championship caliber teams college football playoff caliber teams and if that's what the program is doing at that point yeah it's a it's a viable possibility that Arnold is in New York for a Heisman ceremony at some point 
I mean, he could be. I mean, your quarterback at Oklahoma, if you have a good year, there's a pretty good chance you, you, you've got a chance at least to be in New York City. We've seen it happen a lot of times. And believe it or not, that, that can also happen without Lincoln Riley like it did a few times, right, with Jason White and with Sam Bradford. Muleshoe is not uh, the ultimate quarterback guru. Uh, back to the text line here. Random question. Why do we not ever hear anything from Rocky Kalmus? That comes from Sooner Stu and Broken Arrow. I saw Rocky Kalmus on the sidelines last mm-hmm. week. He was down there hanging with Teddy Lehman. Mm-hmm. And he was down there with, I think, I would imagine it had something to do with Cecilia Khanna's official visit. Well, isn't his son like uh, His son is also to, uh, like a, a baseball yeah, prospect, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, Rocky's still around. It's not the first time well, I've seen him. but Look, some of those guys are a little more private than other guys. You know, they, yeah. they don't go into the media and they do other things. And it's, uh, But, yeah, I, he has been around lately. There's no doubt. And what a great player he was. Obviously, Butkus Award winner and uh, kind of was a mentor for Teddy early in his career. And you think about uh, one of the great pick sixes in the history of the OU Texas series. Both Rocky had one and – Teddy had one. Now, Rocky had to do a little more work. Yes, he did. And he had a little uh, – With one arm. He had, yeah, that, that w- which was unbelievable. And that was off That was off Chris Sims, too, wasn't it? Yep. Yep, it was. Old Chrissy. He, yeah. had, a, he had a rough go of it there for a while in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, this listener asks, can we please stop talking about Colton Vosick? No. I'm sorry if it upsets you i'm sorry if it bothers well, you well the reality is people ask about the kid every single day some, and they will continue to ask about the but kid people every single day. want you pro- to program the station just for them just for them just them but here's the deal and it's because somebody brought up roy miller on the text line we read the the can you please tell roy miller to shut the <laughs> you know what up so in case people didn't know what roy miller did and even who he is former longhorn he went on Twitter and, you know, basically told Colton Vosick because he tagged him in the tweet why he should stay in Austin, go to the University of Texas, and said, I also de- decommitted from Oklahoma. So we felt like we were also obligated to explain who the guy was because people are out there going, who's Roy Miller? Why should he shut up? So we've done this for a while. We know what they're, we're doing here. Uh, this listener says Austin is a really good place to live if you're a left-wing, bleeding-heart liberal or you like unbearable traffic. I hear the now, traffic is pretty brutal. <laughs> I want to say this. Austin's I, a great city to visit, though. I, I, I want to say this, and I want to clarify up front. I want to add this disclaimer. I was born in Austin. I lived in Austin for the first few years of what? my life. You, you knew this. We've talked about this before. Okay. I well, It might have, might have my old man slipped short, your geriatric short, mind. Look, but. well, short-term old man memory, dissipate, you know, it disappears. It's like this This message will dis, you know, disappear in 15 seconds, <laughs> like Mission Impossible. That's what happens. I was born in Austin. I hate the city of Austin, Steely. Why did you hate it? Oh, I just – every time I go back there, I'm just like, I could never live here. I could never do it. It's just, and here's the thing: they brand themselves as such, but the city is weird. Steely. Oh yeah, well, it is weird. It's a liberal bastion. There is no doubt about that. It is the Cal Berkeley of the Southwest in in some ways. Steely, uh, this listener says, "Can we please stop talking about recruiting until two o'clock? More Mike, less Parker." So I'm going to go ahead and mute myself, <laughs> and you got a 45-minute filibuster coming up. That's why I don't get control of the text line. Uh, you know, we we do what we do here. 
And uh, this this isn't like my old morning gig where you can be a lot more into other stuff and, and joking around and stuff. And we we still do that here, but you know this is this is a lot more meat and potatoes this time slot. I'm just saying we don't have any real specialty foods here sometimes. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. Hour number two is presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, right there off I-35, Paul's Valley, America. You'll find a great selection of cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned. They've got them for you at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And a fantastic guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Are you excited about uh, the weekend that, that's coming up in, in uh, college football? How I, I think I've seen your uh, – you and I went with the same lock, right, Tulane minus seven? Yeah, I guess yeah. we did. You, uh, you you ripped me off on that I one. did. I ripped you off. There, I thought but, about changing it just to hang you out to dry. No, don't do that. I uh, You know, it's strategic. Uh, Texas-Oklahoma State, what's your gut feeling on that matchup? Longhorn's still favored by six and a half. Uh, here's the thing. It's all on Spencer the, Sanders, I, right? It, well, I feel like Vegas knows Spencer Sanders isn't playing, even though we don't know that for a fact, and that's probably why the line is where it is. I don't I don't like my my game my opinion of that game completely changes depending on who's playing quarterback for Oklahoma State. If it's not Spencer Sanders, I would take Texas. If it is Spencer Sanders, I would take Oklahoma State. I'm I'm thinking that spencer sanders is gonna play maybe that's all it's kind of a hopeful pick but that's that's my guess so we'll Uh, see a few fantastic texts here brent from jenks says if he's having to move back to austin after graduating from texas then i guess that means he's not going to the league come to ou and you'll be living in the city of the team that drafts you ask the boss ad and others how it's worked out boomer yeah, and again, to me, it's not post where he lives. It's more of the pressure that's maybe on him right now. That that would be my thought. But yeah, and Boz lives in Austin, right? Does he really? I think uh, he. No, I think, no, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're right. He does. And you know what? Interesting. He, Enemy he, territory. Absolutely. Bringing but, light to the darkness. That's the Boz exactly doing right. the Lord's work. Uh, a couple more. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, "Parker, tell the haters to shut their pie hole." I'm not going to tell anybody to shut their pie hole, Gunny, but you're welcome to do it for me, which I suppose you did via the text line. Uh, This listener says, hey, Parker, feel free to remind all these listeners what you said about Caleb Williams when he was a high school player. You said he had the capacity to play as a freshman and to be a significant talent. You were right about him, and I suspect you were right about Jackson Arnold as well. Yeah, listen. You did. Yeah, you did. And everybody thought, kind of understandably so, that I was going over the top with the Caleb Williams hype. Look at what kind of player he is today. Oh, man. He will be in New York at the end of the season. Well, and, man, I still can't quit thinking about it. I love the fact that uh, SC, again, lost, of course. But that one play where the guy's coming off the edge and he pivots, does 180, then retreats backwards, turns and throws a bullet in the end zone for a touchdown. Special talent, no doubt. I I don't know what it is. I, I don't share the same dislike. For Caleb Williams that I do for Mule well, Because I blame it all on Mule Shoe. Yeah, it's, exactly, all Mule because- Shoe, it's all Mule Shoe's fault. So was I rooting against SC, SC with every fiber of my being last Saturday night? Absolutely. It was a great victory by the Utes. But I can't totally dislike – in fact, I don't even dislike Caleb Williams. Well, I mean, you, you really can't if yeah. you're being honest with yourself. Like, 
And I I will always have a soft spot for Caleb. He was always good to me. His family was always good to me. Um, but at the end of the day, he would still be a Sooner were it not for mule shoe defecting. Right. Absolutely. Mule shoe defecting is the root of all evil in that capacity. No doubt. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, after a quick break. And, uh, again, hit up the text line, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Got an interesting question right here from uh, Ronnie from Twitter. Little DM message. Steely, who would your wishbone backfield be for OU if you had to name one right now consisting of non-wishbone players? In other words, you've got to run the wishbone, but you can't Put your lineup together with wishbone players. Like you couldn't put Billy Sims in there. You couldn't put Joe Washington in there. Uh, I like that. That's kind of an interesting uh, question there. My my wishbone quarterback would be uh, Kyler Murray. Non, they can't be wishbone era players. How would you fill out a wishbone backfield if you were running it now with non-sooner wishbone era players? Uh, again, Kyler Murray would be number one. We're going to hear from Kyler here in a second. My halfbacks, <coughs> pardon me, for me, Adrian Peterson at one halfback, and then I'd probably go DeMarco Murray at the other halfback. The question is, who do you make your wishbone fullback? Because you had, you know, the wishbone fullbacks, there were some like Jim Luttrell, uh, you know, back in the day for Coach Switzer, who was not a complete speed merchant, but you had guys like Kenny King, you know, who were Lydell Carr, guys like that who still had speed. So the question would be, do you want like Mike Gaddis or do you want, um, you know, and I, I'm not throwing Marcus Dupree in there. Uh, I guess you could as like a wishbone fullback because he played more I formation. But Joe Mixon, pretty strong running back with speed, obviously, and some moves. He might be a good wishbone fullback. But I would go, uh, I would go Kyler Murray, quarterback. A.D., DeMarco Murray is my halfbacks, and then I'd put uh, Joe Mixon in there. You could probably put, I don't know, uh, Samaj P. Ryan's the all-time leading rusher, right? Maybe yeah, he could be a, wish, a wishbone fullback for you. But I'd still go with a little more explosiveness with Joe Mixon. That's what I'd do. i just go all fullbacks. We're doing an exclusively <laughs> fullback package. Brody Eldridge, Aaron Ripkowski, J.D. Rip. Runnels. Aaron Ripkowski, man, he used to crush people, and that was the perfect name, man, for a crushing fullback, Ripkowski. We'll let Jeremiah Hall play quarterback. There you he go. He can be the uh, 
he can be the guy that takes the snaps. There you go. Hey, speaking of Kyler Murray, they play tonight. Kyler and the Cardinals not having a good year. They're off to a two and four start. Cliff Kingsbury is pretty much uh, fired. Well, fired. He's he's on the way to getting fired. Yes. Yes. You think Muleshoe would coach the Arizona Cardinals? Oh, that's. Oh, oh, hold on. That's actually super intriguing. That's actually super intriguing, Steely. And wouldn't you love to see the USC fans just go ballistic and that you have because the only fan base he has left really is the SC fan base. He's a, one of the most despised men in college football. But what if they but here's the deal. They they would let go of Cliff Kingsbury and they'd bring in another tech guy who runs a lot of the same stuff, right? Oh, oh, like this no, like this could happen, Steely. Like this could actually happen. If they run off Kingsbury during the season or after the season, Muleshoe could be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And I know, like, and, until Kingsbury's fired, that whole conversation is somewhat moot. But I do know this much. Muleshoe would be willing to give that a look. I've got that on good authority. Hmm. Well, there you go. All right, here is Kyler talking about the 2-4 and four Arizona Cardinals hosting New Orleans tonight, Thursday night football, 7-15 on Prime Video, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet. Kyler having a rough year, only six touchdown passes, four interceptions. They have not been moving the football effectively of all, at all. They haven't been very good, but again, New Orleans is coming in 2-4. and four. But Kyler talking about getting DeAndre Hopkins back tonight. Man, he's uh, it, it seems like every time you see him you know, out on the field, it's like, there's a reason why he's, you know, he's the best, you know, and um, I'm, I'm excited for him. Uh, excited to be able to throw him the ball again, you know what I'm saying? Never took that for granted, but, um, man, I'm just happy for him. Uh, you know, team, team is definitely, you know, appreciative of having him back, so. Do you think having Hop back fixes a big chunk no. of the offensive problems or um, other things? No, I don't, I don't think it, it's not, it's just not, you know, doesn't. It's not a miracle thing that just, you know, everything's, you know, gone. We still got things we got to be better at. Still got things we need to fix. Obviously, having him back definitely helps. Um, but we still got to be better in all the areas that we're, you know, not good in right now. All right, there you go. Kyler Murray talking about the matchup tonight, 7-15. They're home against the New Orleans Saints. We do have some uh, Thursday night college football, by the way. Virginia, Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, both Clemson coordinators left. Tony Elliott is the coach of Virginia. They are 2-4, and four, so... Brent is at four and three. Tony Elliott and uh, Virginia two and four, and they are zero uh, and three so far in the ACC. Taking on Georgia Tech tonight in Atlanta. That's six thirty on ESPN. Remember the Yellow Jackets fired uh, Jeff Collins. They brought uh, Brent Key in as their head coach on an interim basis. So Virginia Georgia Tech tonight. By the way, Tulsa plays tomorrow night, Friday night action. At Temple, both teams are two and four. That's a six thirty game on ESPN two. And Appy State beats Georgia State last night uh, at home, forty two to seventeen. Appalachian State won uh, in a home game over Georgia State. Have there ever been three active FBS head coaches at the same time, all named Brent? Because you have Brent at OU, you have Brent Pry at Virginia Tech, and now you have Brent Key hmm, yeah. at Georgia Tech. I don't take over of the Brents. By the way, you just got. You've got my mental wheels spinning here, Steely, because for the life of me, I can't remember how I know this. But I was having a conversation, I think, about the time last year when there was all the smoke about Muleshoe being the next head coach at LSU. And apparently, and I 
I just know this was from someone credible because I heard and I was like, okay, that's intriguing. Like, that's not just hearsay. Um, I was having a conversation with someone and they told me that Muleshoe had made some passing comments back when the Eagles job was open. And somebody had asked Muleshoe about, oh, you're going you're gonna to go take the Eagles job? And Muleshoe was apparently like, no, 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 no. But I, but I, I mean, if it were the Cardinals job with Kyler. So the second I heard that, mm-hmm. that was what I thought of. I was like, oh, boy. Well, I mean, Arizona, what's the, the line of, uh, you know, getting fired and not getting fired at Arizona this year if they don't, don't go to the playoffs? Well, I mean, they were, I mean, like, there was – They went to the playoffs last year, and the, and the Rams destroyed them in an embarrassing performance. Well, and that's the but, thing. They went to the playoffs yeah. last year, and there was still talk of firing Kingsbury. Yeah, so – Because of how poorly that season ended. Because Arizona started, what, 7-0, and 8-0? Yeah, yeah. And then just completely stumbled to the finish line? It would be interesting. All right, let's get a few texts in. We've got time for a couple. We've got uh, time for like three or four before we get a break, and then we'll get to all texts in the next segment. Trey Millard at fullback said several listeners. See, and here's the deal, though. You guys, I don't know if you're wishbone era people. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But Barry Switzer always had it. The wishbone fullback was was not much of a blocker. It was, I mean, they did do some downfield blocking or whatever, but it was more the triple option. You know, the belly series where either you can give the ball to the fullback. That's the first option. And those fullbacks that Switzer had, with the exception of a few, uh, you had guys that like Kenny King and Lydell Card. The, they were big-time running backs. They weren't just – and I'm not saying Trey Millard wasn't talented, but that's why I'm thinking maybe Samaje P. Ryan or Joe Mixon at fullback because Switzer had some speedsters at fullback too. And the question that was asked – uh, that was DM'd to me, if you could fill out an OU Wishbone backfield right now without OU Wishbone era players, who would it be? And I said, Kyler Murray, quarterback, AD, and uh, who else did I put in there? Um, oh, DeMarco Murray as my halfbacks. And then I would go with – I was going to go with Joe Mixon as my Wishbone fullback. So, By the way, did you see uh, Baylor is bringing back the Sailor Bear helmets this weekend? Really? Yeah. I kind of like that. They just posted about it about 20 minutes ago. The Bear stopped drinking Dr. Pepper on the sidelines, right? Didn't they rule that that was not cool to pee to jump in or something? Wait, was that an actual thing? Yes, the Bear used to – you can uh, Google up an image, Baylor Bear, Dr. Pepper. And uh, because they had the big Dr. Pepper, was it, is it like the bottling is done there or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the home of Dr. Pepper. So that's why the Baylor Bear would guzzle some Dr. Pepper on the sidelines back in the day. Hold on. I'm doing this. I'm doing this right now. You're going to get my reaction in real time. I Googled Baylor Bear, Dr. Pepper. (laughs) You see it? Sure enough. The bear is is drinking Dr. Pepper. (laughs) There you go. Live reaction. Right here on Steel Man and Thune. All right, we have nothing but your texts rolling in next, all of them. Uh, we will get to as many as we can when we get back. want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group for sponsoring our second hour. We appreciate them very much, and we appreciate you. And we're going to get to uh, a bunch of texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line again when we get back, right here on The Ref.
We are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here in the Brown O'Haver Studios, Thursday edition. Tomorrow I'll be out at Riverwind for my regular Friday remote out there, Riverwind Casino. Over 2,800 electronic games, all of your favorite table games out there as well. Great poker room. Best bars and dining. You've got a tremendous bar right there in the middle of uh, the facility, the Coop Ale House Bar. Uh, River Buffet, Steak Night coming up on Friday night, and then uh, Seafood Night on Saturday. Big Time Brunch on Sunday. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant went under a little bit of a renovation, but they are back and open for business. Also, they've got the Seasons Food Court, and uh, they always have all these great promotions. They've got a big uh, costume contest where you can win. Three people are going to win Friday night, October 28th. $500 in bonus play each. Get out there and take part in that. And don't forget about Bedlam Beats and Bites happening on Friday night, the night before Bedlam, Friday night, November 18th, the Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Tickets are only 5 bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Bring the kids. Bring the folding chairs. You're going to have a great time outdoors at Riverwind Casino with Bedlam Beats and Bites Friday night, November 18th at Riverwind Hotel and Casino. Simply the best. Feeling a little allergy stuff going on today. Yeah, it's about that time, Steely. It's starting to cool off again. Here we go. Here we go. All right, let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, How about Jalen Hurts, Samaj P. Ryan, DeMarco Murray, Adrian Peterson, says one listener. Jalen Hurts would have been an excellent wishbone quarterback. Ooh, this is a can of worms, Steely. This is a good question for you in particular. What is your OU All-Sports coaching Mount Rushmore? Let's start with Patty Gasso. Let's go to Bud Wilkinson. Um, man, it's hard to leave football off there. And, you know, like Mark Williams has won a ton. He has won a ton, you know. Um, and obviously K.J. Kindler has won a ton too. But it's hard not to, I mean, golly, you gotta you got to go with football. And so it would be, for me, it would be Patty, Bud, Barry, Bob. Wow. And no, no disrespect to, you know, Mark Williams, K.J. Kendler, uh, you know, people who won Ryan, you know. So Patty's Ryan the only Hibble's one breaking up the uh, football monopoly, huh? Yes. I mean, Patty Gasso arguably is the greatest coach in the history of Oklahoma athletics. I, now, I again, gymnastics has done unbelievable. But, um, you know, softball has become a very – um, very much a popular sport. Um, how many Oklahoma Sooner football fans who are men follow the softball team? Most of them, which is pretty incredible. You know, and look, people are always going to follow a winner. I get that. But, and I, I just think it's a fun sport. So, I would go – I like, uh, you know, Billy would be a guy that would be in the mix. Yes, somebody saying Billy Tubbs. If Billy had won that national championship against Kansas, I love Billy. I still think Billy doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. And, and, you somebody, know – Somebody said Lon Kruger. I think Lon was two wins in 2016 away from being in the conversation. Yeah, that's true. But, again, I'm going to go Patty, Bud, Barry, Bob. By the way – over the course of our last break, I was looking at photos of the Baylor Bear drinking Dr. Pepper. 
And you know what I realized? Actually, I didn't realize it. I was just reminded of this reality. PETA sucks. There is no organized group of people that are worse than PETA. Bunch of liberal pansies is what they are, right? I mean, think about it. I am for the ethical treatment of animals, but, I mean, you talk about going overboard. I, I Listen, I am, also, I, mean, I am also for the ethical treatment of animals. How also, I also, I, I, however, I ethically enjoy a steak and take great pleasure in eating one. Yes, it's called dominion. We have dominion over the beef. <laughs> I love how you said the beef. <laughs> you could have gone you could've could have gone full old testament. Yeah. Dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, but no, we we have dominion over the beef. I mean I like dominion over the fish too, but I'd rather have dominion over the beef, man. I'm with you. PETA's so obnoxious. I remember tweeting something a while back, and PETA quote tweeted it. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I wish I could. But it it was like in the last few months, I tweeted something that had to do with eating meat or something like that, and PETA quote tweeted it with something very sterile and highly PETA-esque that was like, well, that's not nice. Like I said, the ethical treatment of animals is very important, but there are organizations that go overboard with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> this Pete. listener says, oh I love PETA, people <laughs> eating tasty animals. Where is PETA headquartered? It can't be anywhere close to here. It's got to be in California You would somewhere. think it's in uh, California. Like PETA headquarters. All right, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and Google it up. Uh, why One of my that, favorite man? local news story, and this is where I came up with saying uh, liberal pansy because they they did a story. PETA, I can't remember what they were protesting here locally, and they were out somewhere, and they had one of those ladies in a cage that was painted up like a tiger, and I don't know where they were, but they, they did a, a soundbite with this Oklahoma dude. And he's out here, I'm just out here, and I'm sick and tired of these people being out here, a bunch of liberal pansies. And this guy was just going ballistic, yelling at the uh, the lady in the cage. Uh, it was just great. So I can't find the tweet to which I was referring, but I did search through my Twitter history, and I found two tweets pertinent to PETA. At one point, I quote tweeted a tweet from TMZ Sports linked to an article headlined, PETA urging MLB to rename bullpen to arm barn because bullpen is insensitive to cows. See, I mean, that's just, in any universe, in any galaxy, that's ridiculous. There's another one where I quote tweeted a video that I guess Peter responded to, and it's a video of a guy capturing an alligator that wandered into his front yard. He's got this trash can, and he's, like, corralling the alligator with it, and Peter's in the comments like, he should have called animal control. Yeah, there's not a lot of time if you've got a gator that's, you know, they're on your doorstep or whatever. So, anyway. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Uh, here's a text uh, from the 972 Tubs. Grabbing a microphone. Got to be on your Mount Rushmore, Steely. Well, we were just talking about coaches. For me, it's Patty, Bud, Barry, Bob. 
uh, all apologies to, you know, great coaches at the University of Oklahoma, including Billy Tubbs, but those four. Billy is one of my favorites of all time. I mean one of my absolute favorites, and Oklahoma basketball was never better and never more exciting than when Billy Tubbs was here. It was unbelievable. And my favorite, I, I still remember, I think they were playing Centenary or somebody on a game. And the coach had said something like, well, Billy's got some great teams, but man, you know, because Billy always like, he would keep playing, man. Yeah, I mean, he eventually pull starters, eventually, but he would win games, man. It was absolute battle and they would score a hundred and they'd, they would run it up on you. And the coach, I can't remember who the coach was, but he said basically like, well, Billy's not going to have any fishing buddies if he keeps doing this. So they asked Billy Tubbs at a press conference, said, well, you, you know, your guy said, uh, I know he's a friend of yours, but he said if you keep winning by these big margins and what some people perceive to be running up the score, he said you're not going to have any fishing buddies later in life. And Billy leaned into the mic and said, I don't fish. That was it in the, in the Billy voice. But so <laughs> in other words, I don't care. Uh, here's one. <laughs> here's another great text on the text line. Mule Shoe is a PETA member. Too timid to finish with a kill shot on the field. There you go. Jesse G says PETA is a perfect example of a good idea going terribly off the rails. Yeah, we have a lot of those, you know, sometimes. Because when you hear people for the ethical treatment of animals, yeah, you, you think automatically, sign me up. That sounds great. I love animals. I mean,. Uh, who would harm an animal? You know the people who harm animals like early in life? Like Jeffrey Dahmer, okay? Everybody wants to treat animals well. But there are some animals that are, you know, made for a nice meal. That's just how it works. Correct. On the planet. Jeffrey Dahmer tortured animals. I eat at Texas Roadhouse. We are not the same. That's right. Big difference. Well, minor difference. All right. We'll take a break, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Steely, Parker Thune. We have more, 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 more texts rolling in. We're trying to keep up with all of them, but there's no doubt. Patty Gasso, 109 million percent, belongs on that Mount Rushmore. Be right back. All right, we are back. What are you cackling about, I, Steely? I don't know. I can't get. How did we get on PETA, by the way? Trey, I know what you're saying. I know. I got your. I got your text. It had to do with the Baylor, the Sailor Bear, and yes. uh, Dr. Pepper. Because we said the Sailor Bear is going on the Bear's helmet for this game, right? Yes. And allegedly, I said, you know, the Baylor Bear used to drink Dr. Pepper every time, like he's the Baylor scored. They always 
and uh, PETA came after him, and I think they stopped that like in the mid '90s. Listen, let the bear have a sip of Dr. Pepper if he wants one. It's not going to kill him. But I was laughing because so so that got us onto PETA. Uh huh. And I was still thinking of that video of when PETA was out protesting somewhere in Oklahoma City, and they had like this supermodel looking girl in a cage painted like with tiger stripes and whiskers and everything, clearly trying to get attention called to, you know, putting animals in cages. And the video of it, it, it was like the ultimate picture of hardcore right versus hardcore left. <laughs> you had Billy Bob yelling at you bunch of liberal pansy, what are you doing here? You know, and the girl was like, meow. I mean, it was it was completely hardcore right versus hardcore left in one video. And this has been probably, I don't know, 20 years ago or so, but. I just remember thinking that that video. I don't feel as though there's anything that will bring out the hardcore right quite like a PETA demonstration. Yeah. Maybe. I've never witnessed a PETA demonstration, but like, also, I just. To counter protest against PETA, yeah, that is the hardcore right. Because for me, like, if I were to drive by a PETA demonstration, I'd just be like, okay, these people are off their rocker, and I'd just keep driving, right? But to like get out and engage with them. I, I, I couldn't be bothered. It takes a special kind of person. This dude was very unhappy, man. He was very unhappy, and he was screaming at the lady in the cage. It was fun. Heath in Las Vegas asks, has PETA ever complained about Boomer and Sooner pulling the schooner? I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe they did. I remember there was a Washington linebacker who kicked one of the ponies in the uh, buttocks. Uh, once they came on the field, the, the ponies came in the field, and the OU Washington Orange Bowl, and the uh, schooner drew a flag. Uh, because I guess they weren't allowed to come on the Orange Bowl turf. And a Washington linebacker, Joe Kelly, I think was it either slapped or kicked one of the ponies in the rear end as they were leaving the field. And that was a game that OU lost to Washington. Ooh, cleats or no cleats? It would have been cleats, yeah. definitely, on the Orange Bowl natural surface. So, Hate that for the horse. Yeah. Uh, that is not ethical treatment of animals. It's not. Do not kick a horse, especially not while wearing spikes. Was anyone waving dollar bills at her? No, they were angry people, particularly the one dude screaming into the cage. <laughs> Patrick asks, why do people seem to glue themselves to things now in protest? <laughs> I've seen this on social media a couple times in the last few weeks. People gluing themselves to things. And it, do- it does make you wonder, Why? <laughs> In what in mm-hmm. what sense is that effective? What are you accomplishing by gluing yourself to something? It was which basketball game was it not long ago where they the people glued themselves to the baseline? That was a thing that happened. Yeah, that happened recently. I can't remember which game it was, but uh, so anyway, hey, somebody asked me what if you could only pick one football coach to put on the Rushmore. Uh, then what would it look like? We were because t- somebody asked on the text line, "Who's the who's on the Mount Rushmore of OU coaching?" And I said, "With all due respect to Mark Williams and like KJ Kindler and the other great coaches, because they've won a ton of national championships in men's and women's gymnastics, but I would go with Patty Gasso, Bud Berry, and Bob. But if I could only pick one, oh, basically they're saying you can only put one football coach who filled the other two slots." Then it's got to be Bud Wilkinson. I think he, it has to. He got it. He laid the foundation. That, that's a, that's right. So Patty Gasso, they were playing softball games at Reeves Park. 
back in the day <laughs> when, you know, Patty started that program. Marita Hines, you know, it's Marita Hines Field. Marita Hines has been very instrumental, but Patty got the program going, and look where it is now. So I would go Patty Gasso, Bud Wilkinson. Um, let's go with Billy Tubbs and Mark Williams. Okay. That would be what I would go with. Sheesh, I played an intramural softball game at Reeves Park back in the day. <laughs> That's how far the OU softball program has come. Those fields get used for intramurals now. And Patty, the queen of OU softball, is getting her new palace built as we speak. Yes, well-deserved. And uh, they had another Battle Series matchup last night, and they have one more next Wednesday. And like I said, Oklahoma may have a – they, they've got a great team. They, if they split up those teams, they might have a team, two teams that could be in the College World Series. They're that deep and that talented. That's probably true. So uh, Plank's going to have another fun year, no doubt about it. Yeah, Plank's got the best gig in the business. It is a great gig. In that gig. capacity. Yeah, it is a great gig. I, I don't know how the man keeps going, though. He's he is He's uh, a machine. He is a machine. Absolutely. All right. I uh, want to thank, again, the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And uh, who do you think is going to win this matchup tonight, Denton Geyer or Allen? Ooh, I've got, I think Geyer has a lot better defense. And so I'm counting on Geyer to win this one by a couple possessions. I do think it will be a high-scoring game, though, because – both these offenses are very high octane, and it obviously starts with the two quarterbacks in Jackson Arnold and Michael Hawkins. So I'm going to set the line at Geyer minus nine. Would you take over or under on that? What do you think? Oh, I'll, I'll uh, since they're at home, I'll take Geyer to okay. cover. Geyer covers, okay. but I have no clue. That's about what I expect. I expect it to be a couple possession game in favor of Geyer. Really excited to see these two quarterbacks go toe-to-toe because they are two of the most fun players to watch on the entire high school football scene across the Lone Star State. How many OU staffers do you think would be out there tonight? Uh, multiple. Yeah. I know that for a fact. There will be multiple. All right. We got to get out of here. want to thank you guys for all of your texts today. Appreciate it. Air Comfort Solutions, appreciate it. As well. Air Comfort Solutions, great company as well. 405-651-3439. Keep them rolling in because we're going to get locked in up next with Parker and Tyler McComas. Tomorrow I'll be back out at my home away from home, Riverwind Casino, for a Friday edition. Looking forward to that. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll see uh, if Kyler and the Cardinals can get in the win column tonight against the uh, Saints. If they don't, maybe Kingsbury will be fired and Mule Shoe will be asked about the Arizona Cardinals job. That'd be fun. Got to get out of here. We'll see you.